Amen. We're coming to an end in our study of the letter to the Philippians. Praise God. It's been a long journey. So I'm giving you the second last message on Philippians, and P. Sam will come back. Next week, we have a guest speaker, Pastor Che An, will be here. And December 17th, P. Sam will be finishing the book of Philippians. I wanted to just um, show you the last section, this final section of the letter, and show you that the main purpose... So Paul is in, in, in prison, in house arrest, and he's writing to the Philippian church who he has a good relationship with. And when it gets to this last section, this final section from verse 10, I believe his main purpose in this section is basically to show appreciation to the Philippian church. Just like the spill video, you know, how they got together and they said, thank you, and they showed you the clothes that you gave. That's what Paul is doing. He's saying, thank you, Philippian church, for what you have given me. I have this long text from verse 10. I want to go through it, but I've highlighted what I think are the main points that Paul wants to make. And, one, and the rest of the text is kind of qualifying what he's saying or giving some context or giving more details into what he's trying to say. So if we could look at the screen. So he starts off in verse 10. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. And then he qualifies what he's saying. I'm not saying you weren't concerned. I know you were always concerned, but you had the opportunity. And he's saying, I'm not saying I'm in need. I'm not saying I need you to give me more stuff. But, but I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That's his main thing. I rejoice greatly that you renewed your concern for me. Then if you go to the next one, next slide, it was good of you to share in my trouble, right? He wants to let them know, you did a good job, right? Thank you. It was good of you to share in my troubles. And then he qualifies, or he adds more details. He's saying, actually, you are the only church that gave to me when I started my ministry in Macedonia. You guys have always been very generous. And again, it was good of you uh, that you shared in my troubles. And then the last thing is, is the passage for today. And he's letting them know, I have received full payment. I have more than enough. I am amply su- supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you have sent. And so he, uh, in, this, in this section, he's acknowledging to the Philippian church You gave a good gift. Thank you. I've received everything in full, and God has supplied what I needed. He wants to acknowledge uh, their gift. He wants to let them know how much it meant for him and that their gifts accomplished much. Right? Just like the spill video, I imagine, you know, we have a missionary that we're supporting in India. Pastor Samuel was just there with a small team. And uh, they, you know, he talked about how they had to drive everywhere. So let's say the van breaks down. Kelly makes a request and says, hey, actually, we're in need of a van. And let's say we raise some money together and we buy her a van. I imagine what Kelly would do is probably send us some photos, send us a video, uh, show us you know, her driving the van. And then she'll say, thank you. This van is perfect. It's really accomplishing everything that we're trying to accomplish by having the van. I'm able to go to these villages. I'm able to share the gospel. And this is the fruit of what you have given. 
Kind of like that. Paul saying, your gifts have supplied for all my needs. I have more than enough. Thank you. So that's, the, that's the, uh, what this section is about. We have two verses today. So I'm just going to follow the text. It's, uh, it's not really a topical message. I'm just going to follow the text, and I have two points each from each verse. So that's four points total. Okay? So uh, let's go to our first verse, Philippians 4.18. So he's, he's acknowledging, he's saying, I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And um, this verse, it reads almost like a receipt. Apparently, similar language was used in a business setting to say, I have received full payment. So he's, he's almost, it's like he's writing a receipt, right? When we give a donation, you receive a receipt. He's, he's, he's saying, Epaphroditus did what you have sent him to do. He gave me the full amount, and it's very good. I'm amply supplied, and it's been a great help. From this verse, I have two observations. Number one, look at the bottom of that text. He says, uh, what you have sent was a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. My first point is how we use our money has spiritual significance. That's a big text right there. How we use our money has spiritual significance, right? How we use our money can be a fragrant aroma to the Lord. How we use our money has an opportunity to be something that pleases God. We have an opportunity to please God with the way we use our money. Uh, that's, that's a good thing, Right? Don't we want to please God, our Heavenly Father, our King, as His children? Hopefully, we are looking for ways all the time to please Him, to touch His heart, to give a fragrant, acceptable offering to Him. And here is an easy, surefire way for you to do that. It's to give those who are in need. And you give those generously. You know, give to those in need generously you're going to please God, and it's going to be something acceptable to Him. So at this moment, I want you to think of just all the money you have. Right? Think of all the money you have, and what I want to suggest that we do is consider that maybe we can separate our usage of money into two categories, okay? Outside of the neutral day-to-day spendings, okay? So we have day-to-day, everyday spendings, right? We, we pay for our taxis, our meals, our rent, different services that we're, that we're, that we're using. So uh, probably most of our spending fits into that category. I, I would call that neutral, okay? I don't think we're meant to consider every single dollar and pray like, Lord, what do we do? You know, how do I use this money? I think it's okay. I think God is pleased with you. Uh, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, paying for services on time and all that. So that's, I'm, I'm not counting that. But outside of that, we have a surplus. Most of us have a surplus of money. We have two categories. One, how we use our money will have this positive spiritual significance. 
It could be a fragrant offering to the Lord. It could please God. Or it will have a negative spiritual significance. Right? How we use our money, what we spend it on, either we're making it an offering to the Lord or making it an offering, a fragrant aroma to something else, to Satan. Right? So, for example, selfishly hoarding our money, giving into this belief that I need to keep more, I need to save more, I can't give, you know, giving into greed, giving into that fear. Maybe that kind of usage is a fragrant aroma to the spirit of mammon, right? The way we use that money, or we could be using it for selfish purposes, you know, or, or sinful purposes, sinful habits, or bribery or whatever, sinful things that you give into, then you're making an offering to maybe those spirits, spirit of lust, spirit of whatever that we're uh, giving into. Or, or you're using it for selfish purposes, you know, to impress people, to show off your wealth, you know, our obsession with luxury brands or a certain lifestyle. And we think, and we want to show off how much we have. So maybe that's an offering to the uh, spirit of pride, we're kind of giving into that. We're feeding into that. Or we have an opportunity with our money to make a positive spiritual significance. We have an opportunity to say, no, this money belongs to God and I'm going to worship God with this money. He's the one that provided for me. And so I'm going to use it to uh, bless him, build his kingdom, give to those in need. Uh, I think it's something for us to reflect upon. Examine how are we using our money? Are we pleasing God in the way we use our money? Is the way we spend our money leaving a positive spiritual significance in our lives or negative spiritual significance? So that's something for us to think about. I wanted to give you an opportunity for you, a very easy, simple opportunity to make a fragrant offering to the Lord with your money. I don't know if you're aware. We've made some announcements, but we have a bunch of Christmas outreaches coming up. There's one today. If you're not doing anything at 2.30 today, I don't know if it's too late, Tim. Talk to Tim. But we're there. our church is doing an outreach to St. Barnabas. That's in Shengwan, kind of a... Uh, the Western District area, uh, helping the elderly and the poor, and they get together for a Christmas party. We participate. We play games. We serve them food. We get to know them. We pray for them. That's happening today at 2.30. Two weeks later, we're doing an outreach to Shanti Ministry. Shanti is in Yunlong. They reach out to the South Asian ethnic minority communities. Difficult background, difficult circumstances that they're in, and they have a kids' club and a youth club. And so that's the one that our family will be going to the kids' club to try and help just run games and spend time with the kids and encourage Godwin, who is doing this ministry. So that's December 16th. You can still sign up for that, I think. Next week, December 9th, there is another outreach to Ling Oi, which is the drug rehab center that we've been going to, recreation ministry. We go there regularly, but this one is open to everybody to come and join. So again, they have a Christmas party. You spend time with them. You encourage them. You pray for them. You build relationships with them. 
But for this Christmas party, if you can't go there in person, there's an opportunity for you. This is what I want to let you know. For just $100, you can make a fragrant offering to the Lord and please Him. They're looking for Christmas gifts for their Christmas gift exchange game at the Christmas party. Okay, and so about $100, the target audience is male between 20 to 60 years old. So it's a wide gap. So you can pretty much get anything, right? About $100, you must wrap it and you must bring it to the church office by Thursday. Okay, but you must email Tim today. Because he needs to know how many gifts he needs to pr- prepare if, he, if there's shortfall. Okay, so praise God, we've already received about 30. So there's 20 more gifts. So you have an opportunity, right? So like Paul says, I know you were concerned before, but you just forgot, right? You just forgot. I know that you were concerned before, but here's an opportunity now to show your concern for our neighbors in Hong Kong. So just email Tim today. I say, I'm going to get five gifts. And thus, you make a fragrant offering to the Lord and you have an opportunity to please God in this way. That's the first point. <clears throat> we have, uh, no, uh, how we spend our money, how we use our money has spiritual significance. Point number two, the observation number two from this, this verse. Paul says, I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent. Let's recap, or let's review what circumstance Paul is in. Paul is under house arrest. House arrest was nicer than a conventional prison, but still, he's arrested. He's in jail. He has no freedom. He's chained to a Roman guard, he's not able to work, and he has to rely on outside help to provide for himself. And he doesn't know when he's going to be set free. According to a typical natural worldly standard, Paul is not amply supplied. Maybe he received some financial help from the Philippian church, but he's nowhere close to having an abundance, right? There's a lot of things he's lacking. He's lacking freedom. He's lacking comforts. He's lacking security, privacy, all these things. But he confidently proclaims, he says, I have an abundance. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied, fully supplied. In other words, he's telling the Philippian church, I'm doing fine. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I have everything I need. Uh, oh, I didn't, forgot to tell you my point. Point number two, observation number two. Being amply supplied is not just about material provision. It's also a mindset. Being amply supplied is not just about material provision, but it's also a mindset, right? In Paul's mindset... Yeah, we we learned about Paul's mindset a few weeks ago. He says, I am content in every circumstance, right? In any and every circumstance, whether I have little or much, I am content. I've learned the secret of being content. I imagine that even if the Philippian church didn't provide 
this financial gift and he's writing a letter to them, he's probably going to say, I'm doing fine. I'm content in the Lord. Rejoice with me. Because his mindset is, in God, I have everything I need. So material provision for sure is important and it's valuable and I'm sure it meant a lot to Paul. But I think for him to be able to say, I have an abundance, I am fully supplied, I don't lack anything, it's a mindset. You know, how it, it's, it's about how he perceives the situation that he is in. He's able to look at the situation because of his faith in the Lord and say, I'm under house arrest and all these things are lacking in my life, but I can say I have everything I need. Have you heard of this term poverty spirit? Some of us operate in the poverty mindset or poverty spirit. And, 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 and how the poverty spirit operates is it, it goes beyond your material possession. If we, if we are kind of struggling with a poverty heart, a poverty mindset, a poverty spirit is you could have plenty, yet you never feel amply supplied. Right? You could have everything actually that you need. You have plenty of things, but in your heart, your perception of things is, I am still in need. I can't be generous. I can't spend this. Uh, I still don't have enough. And you're filled with worry and fear. Right? Somebody could be in the exact same situation. I probably have way more than Paul, but operating in a poverty mindset, we're feeling, oh man, I, I still need to have this. I still need to get this and I still need to save this much and I, there's no way I can give this or give that or be generous in this way. Being amply supplied is more than just material provision. It's a mindset. I want to tell you a little bit about my dad. My dad's a missionary. Uh, Matt is here. So our dad is a missionary. We, he, he was uh, in the mid-80s, mid early 80s, he met God. He completely changed. Mid-80s, he quit his job, started studying, preparing to go into full-time ministry. And then he became a missionary. 89, he came out to Hong Kong. So he's been a missionary for a long time, full-time missionary. But one thing, there are many great things I remember about my dad. But one thing that really uh, impacted me positively is he had an amply supplied mindset. No matter what the situation was, he would say, I don't, nothing to worry about. We're doing well, right? We've, you know, full-time missionary. He's bringing his wife, his two children over to Hong Kong. We didn't move until 93. So he was by himself here for about three and a half years, moving the whole family. Everybody around him, actually, at the time, apparently were telling him, that's not a good idea. Well, how are you going to provide for your kids? How are you going to provide for your family? Don't worry. Amply supplied. I am fully supplied. I have an abundance don't worry, just come, we'll, we'll figure it out. His, his life verse, one of his life verses is Matthew 6, 33. Seek for his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He really lived that out. He just trusted God that all these things will be provided for him and for us. And sometimes to great frustration of my mom, my dad would just not worry. He's like, don't worry, it will be fine. And he had full confidence in God's faithfulness and provision. And just looking at our lives, we were supplied. You know, we had everything we needed. 
Did we ever feel like we were rich? No. We never felt rich or, you know, super well off, but we never had, uh, we, never, we never lacked, uh, in, you know, we, we never, uh, we always had enough money to pay rent and have food and all these things. And somehow God always provided for our family, but his mindset was always, I'm amply supplied. I want to give you one story. When he first came out to Hong Kong in 89, he was with a mission agency. And he had a supervisor in the mission agency. And so he came out to Hong Kong. He knew he had to write a mission support letter. Uh, so he wrote a letter. And in his letter, he said something like, don't worry, everything is going well. My fridge is full. We have kimchi and different side dishes and everything is going okay. Don't worry about me. And he wrote this letter. I guess he showed it to the supervisor first to get it checked. And the supervisor said, you can't send that. You can't write a mission support letter like this. You can't tell everybody that you're doing well and that your fridge is full. So take all those things out. It's basically saying they have to feel like you're in need. That's how you're going to raise money. But my dad thought, but my fridge is full. Like, what do you want? Do you want me to lie and say I'm not doing okay? I don't have everything I need? And so there was a clash. And actually, he, had to, he decided to quit the mission agency because he felt like they were being dishonest. And so he became fully independent, actually, from that point on. But that was his mindset. He's saying, no, I, like, yeah, sure, I don't have a lot of things, but I am amply supplied. I'm fully supplied in everything I need. And... Uh, I wanted to go beyond just material things and apply this idea to many of the other ways we often feel inadequate. Maybe in your ability, in your gifting, in your anointing, maybe even in your passion, you know, to serve or or to obey God. Uh, So whatever calling you have in your current life, uh, stage, right? As a parent, as a leader, as a, as a student, as a volunteer, as an employee, even in your workplace, God is calling you to live for Him, right? God is calling you to do something for the glory of God and to make Him known and to serve people around you. And you might feel like, oh, I just don't think I have what it takes. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can lead worship in my house, church. I don't know if I can be a witness in my workplace. And I and just want to encourage you, in God, you are fully supplied. You have everything that you need in the Lord. You know, some of us hear verses like this where Paul says, I am amply supplied. And then he says in the next verse, God will supply all your needs. Some of us read that and go, yes, amen. I am amply supplied. I am fully supplied. Thank you, Lord. But others of us, we hear that and we think, oh man, I wish I could say that. You know, I just don't feel like I'm amply supplied, that I'm fully supplied, that I'm capable of stepping out in faith and doing this and doing that. I just feel like I'm a bad parent, a bad employee, a bad leader. I don't think I have what it takes. And uh, I just want to encourage you and say, maybe you are fully supplied. You know, in your mind, you think you have to be here in whatever it is, time, money, passion, abilities, gifts. And you, think, you feel like you have to be here to be able to say, I am fully supplied and you're here. But maybe what God is saying is actually right here is enough. 
you're still amply supplied and fully supplied. Right? So you may feel like you're not amply supplied, but God is saying, no, you have enough. You are amply supplied. You can do it. Right? Your abilities, your gifts, your anointing, your money, your time, your passions, you have what it takes in the Lord. And so we just, uh, you can tell yourself, like we do, we're not going to do hey, good looking to one another, but I want you to tell yourself in your heart, you say, I am, well, in God, in God, I am amply supplied. Go ahead. Say it to yourself. In God, I am amply supplied. Amen. Next verse, second verse, Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. In this verse, I believe Paul is doing two things. First, Paul is teaching them a principle about giving. When you give and when you provide for others... God will give back to you, and he will provide for your needs. You know that word supply, supply, it's the same Greek word. When Paul says, I am amply supplied, it's, it's amply supplied is one word in Greek. And he uses the same word to say, and God will amply supply all your needs. So I am amply supplied. Just as you amply supplied for me, God's going to amply supply for you. That's the first thing I think Paul is doing. He's teaching them a principle about giving. Second, what I believe Paul is doing is Paul is expressing his desire to reciprocate their kindness and generosity. So it would be normal in a reciprocal culture when you receive something, you would give something back in return. Not in an exacting way, but it's just a gracious way of doing relationships. Someone gives you something, someone helps you out, and you want to help the other person out in return. So in our context, let's say you put yourself in Paul's shoes. In our context, it would be something like, wow, thank you, I'm amply supplied. Next time you're in prison, I got you. you know? <laughs> next time it's on me. I will amply supply for you. Uh, next time you're in need of something, you know, Paul could be, you know, in our context, it would be like, he's in Rome, they're in Philippi, he could say, next time I come to Philippi, man, I'm going to bring you the best Roman whatever, milk or whatever it is, what was popular in Rome at the time. I'm going to give you the best Roman fruit when I come back to you. In, in a way, wanting to reciprocate their kindness and generosity, but Paul is not in a position to be able to say that. Right? He doesn't even know when he's going to get out of prison. And even if he were to get out of prison, he doesn't have a lot of material possessions to say, well, you gave me this one, I'm going to give you this. So Paul is trusting God and saying, God will reciprocate your generosity in my place. Right? So he, 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 he wants to reciprocate their generosity, but instead of being able to say, well, it's on me next time, he's saying, it's on God next time. God's going to take care of you. God's going to provide for your needs. So, again, two observations from here. Point number three is, very short, this one, because we've talked about it many times, but Paul is teaching us a principle about giving, which is, you can look at the screen, we can never outgive God. 
We've talked about it many times. We can never outgive God. I just have two verses I want to read to us. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good. Or you can leave that up there. Yeah, so Paul says, you give and God will bless you abundantly. God is able to bless you abundantly. So as you give, God will bless you abundantly. Another verse, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So yeah, for this one, I just want to encourage you. Uh, we've talked about it many times, but put this to the test, you know, if you, if you struggle with it, you know. Just give a little bit and give a little bit more, and you will see how God, um, in His generosity and kindness is faithful to provide for us as we, with love, seek to provide for other people. Point number four. Point number four. We can look at the screen for that one. Let's be a community. Let's be a community that gives and reciprocates well. Let's be a community that gives and reciprocates well. Because I see that in what Paul is doing. I see him receiving with grace and wanting his heart is to reciprocate well to the Philippian church. Um, how does God provide for his children? There's all these verses about God's provision. How does God provide for his children? Sometimes we hear of miracle stories, right? The doorbell rings, open the door, there's nobody there, but there's a giant bag of groceries, right? Or you open your bank account, mysteriously, this huge sum has appeared in your bank account. Some stranger comes up to you, gives you an envelope. I don't know you, but I felt the Lord wanted to give this to you. Right? We hear these miracle stories and we think, that's awesome. If I'm ever in need, Lord, provide for me like that. But I think generally, more often, the way God provides, He, he uses natural means. He uses people in your life. He uses our community. He uses people in your church, your friends, brothers and sisters, to come alongside of you and to provide for you. Uh, <clears throat> when I was young, I was 21. I had just finished my discipleship training school with YWAM. I was in Switzerland. And so I'd never been to Europe. And I thought, well, I'm already in Europe. I would love to spend some time, a month and a half, just traveling around Europe. And so I talked to my dad. My dad was gracious enough to buy me a Eurail pass. I don't know if those things even exist anymore, but back then, it was a train pass, basically, and you had a certain number of rides you could g get with this ticket. So you go from Switzerland to France, you know, that would use one ticket, you know, and then to another place, and you just take the train everywhere, and EasyJet, and, and those things, uh, Ryanair, those things were kind of popular at the time, so it really e uh, cheap flights, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Uh, but the, the, tr the problem was I didn't have any money. I didn't have any spare money. I mean, I'm sure I had a little bit of money, but the majority of the trip, I had no idea how I was going to provide for myself. Uh, but I wanted to go, so I'm planning this thing. I'm sharing with my friends there, and I get a prophetic verse from one of the 
female, one of the sisters there, she, says, she gives me Numbers 11.23, which says, The Lord answered Moses, Is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. And I thought, amazing. Thank you, God, for this prophetic word. How are you going to provide for me? And I'm hoping for some miracle, you know, some cash in my bank account or some stranger giving me a huge sum of money to provide for my trip. None of that happens. And how God provided for me was actually through my travel buddy. So we had become friends through this program, and we decided to travel together. He's also a young guy. He's an American guy. And we're going to travel together. And, and how God provided for my trip was basically he paid for everything. <laughs> right, we didn't have any. So he didn't have a lot of money. I had no money. So the, the only time we went to a restaurant was in Italy because my birthday. We happened to be there on my birthday. So we went to a restaurant. We had pizza together. All the other meals, unless we were visiting friends. We visited a lot of friends. So praise God, we had good meals. But other than that, we would eat bread and some ham. Or we would buy like spaghetti and cook it in the hostel without any sauce. My friend would just put butter and salt and just eat spaghetti. That, that was kind of how we ate, how we survived the trip. But, but every single step along the way, anything that we needed, even my birthday meal, my friend, he bought that for me. And uh, it was, oh, it was hard because it's humbling. It's easier if it's a miracle, if it's someone I don't know or somebody, somehow money came in. It's like, great, God, you're awesome. But God wanted to provide for me through my friend. And I had to humble myself and say, oh, man, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Like, I, I, I can't repay you. Thank you so much for being so generous and, and uh, sharing what you have. It's humbling to receive, right? What if I had said to my friend, no, don't worry about me. God's going to provide for me. Have you ever heard this story? There was a uh, big flood and somebody's um, on the rooftop of a building and it's a giant flood. It's just, just like he, 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 he doesn't know what's going what's to happen. So he prays to God, God, rescue me, Lord. And he's full of faith. God's going to rescue me. And a boat comes along, you know. A boat comes along and says, hey, get in the boat. And he says, no, 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 don't worry about me. God's going to rescue me, you know. And I, I think I missed one thing. Another thing comes along and says, come, no, don't worry about it. God's going to rescue me. A hel helicopter comes along and says, you know, get on, get, grab the ladder. I'm going to rescue you. Don't worry about me. God's going to rescue me. Eventually, he dies. <laughs> That's the story. It's not a true story. Don't worry about it. But eventually he doesn't get rescued and, and, and he goes to heaven and it's like, well, God, I thought you were going to rescue me. And God said, I was trying to rescue you. I brought a boat and I brought this guy and I brought the helicopter to rescue you. But you just didn't take it. And so in the same way, I could have said to my friend, no, don't worry about it. God's going to provide for me. And maybe God wouldn't have. And I wouldn't have been able to enjoy this experience of going to Europe. But God provided for me through a very natural mean, through a friend that was traveling with me and he was willing to share the little that he had he was willing to share uh, how do we become a community that does this well that shares and provides for others and and uh, and gives generously to others of course we must be willing to give we must be willing to give of ourselves sacrifice and to be generous with others but I think for the most part, I look at our church and I think we're good at that. And most of us have a desire and a heart to do that. 
But that's the first thing. We must be willing to give and be generous. But the second part is, we must also be willing to ask for help. I think this one's maybe even harder to receive help than to give help. Because we are, most of us, we are self-made people. We're we're like, I don't need help. I don't want to show my vulnerability. It's It's a step toward vulnerability to say, oh man, I actually, I'm in need. It's showing our weakness, revealing our need. I actually don't have it all together. And uh, I just, I'm, again, I wanted to extend it beyond just financial need. Uh, we have other needs. It could be time. It could be friendship. Right? Some of us just need friendship. You just, you're lonely or you feel like, man, I, I really would like somebody to pray with me or just stand with me in this time. It could be for advice or for guidance. But often we keep to ourselves, you know. We often, because we don't want to be vulnerable, we don't want to show our weakness, we just think, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to be fine, just me and the Lord. But I think maybe the community that God has put around you is the avenue through which God's help will come. But we must be humble and we must be willing to ask. And the last point, uh, the last part of how do we do this well is we must reciprocate well. We see Paul's heart. His desire is to reciprocate. Even though he couldn't do it materially, he does what he can. Right? He writes a letter to say, thank you. I received all these things. It was awesome. Great. Thank you. Your gifts are being used very well. And of course, he blesses the Philippian church. He prays for the Philippian church and he loves this church, right? And in response to their gift, he works tirelessly for the gospel, right? So Paul's way of responding, reciprocating, was uh, to continue doing his best in his ministry to ensure that their gift was not being wasted, right? So he does his very best. I remember when we were... Another way, there's another way. Remember, when, uh, remember three years ago when COVID first started and people were going, being sent into quarantine? Our family actually got sent to quarantine. Joel happened to be in a class it's here at Sunday school class. The teachers ended up having COVID. And so this is at the very beginning. Nobody knew how serious this is going to be. So people were being sent into quarantine. And, and a few families were there. Some of us got sent. Some of us didn't. But Joel and Monica were one of the people that got sent into quarantine for about a week. These people come in their hazmat suits. And it was such a traumatic experience for us. But I remember when that happened, the church really came together. And wow, we received so, uh, so much blessing, so much provision. People would take things over to the um, quarantine center and provide things. Actually, food was not allowed, actually. So people would take uh, like a tissue box, empty the tissue, hide food in there. I think people hid McDonald's in there and put some tissue over it, made it look like it was a tissue box and they would donate it and bring it and then they bring it to the room. And we were so blessed that when uh, we came out, obviously things got much better and quarantine wasn't as serious, but people were still being quarantined in hotels and stuff. And when, whenever our house church people or other people we knew uh, happened to be in quarantine, because we received, we wanted to give back. So we paid forward, right? We didn't necessarily get to give back to the people that gave to us, 
but we paid it forward to other people that we saw in quarantine. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you. Let's reflect as a community. Reflect on how you have been blessed by others in the church. By so many. SP Kids teachers, our worship team that came out early and prepared, the AV team that never gets any credit until something goes wrong, you know, or the barista people, the house church leaders that really love you and serve you. How can I reciprocate their kindness, their generosity, and their service? Because I think that would help us become a community that gives and reciprocates well. Okay, so just to recap, I know there are four kind of separate points, but uh, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Maybe there's one point that speaks to you more. So we can put put up all the points. Number one is how we use our money has spiritual significance. So we can either make it a fragrant offering to the Lord or it will have a negative spiritual significance. So reflect upon that. Being amply supplied is not just about material provision. It's also a mindset. So maybe you feel just like you're lacking in so many things and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, no, in God, you have everything you need. You are fully supplied. Number three, we can never outgive God. And number four, let's be a community that gives and reciprocates well. Okay, so I'll invite the worship team. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this text. Thank you for, uh, yeah, your word. Thank you for just the time we had to study the book of Philippians. Thank you for what we see Paul doing in this text, God, really thanking the church and acknowledging their gift. And uh, here, um, yeah, thank you for the four observations uh, that I was able to make through the text. I pray that you would come and just speak to us, Lord, whatever it might be. Whatever you're highlighting in our hearts, God, I pray that you would uh, speak to us as individuals, Lord. We're going to have communion soon, but maybe you can just sing a verse or so. Let's just let the Holy Spirit speak to us in this time, and then we'll get into a time of communion. Jesus, what a Savior.
Let's prepare our hearts to receive communion. If you haven't received uh, the elements, you can raise your hand, actually, and one of our ushers will make sure you get one. This is true, I think, of every sermon, but everything really goes back to uh, Jesus and what He has done for us. Right? Why do we want to give a fragrant offering to Him? Because He gave Himself as a sacrifice for us. He offered His life for us. Right? Uh, how are we amply supplied? Because Christ died for our sins, and he, all of our shortcomings and all of our failures is met and fully supplied in Him. Uh, we can never outgive God. I mean, how can we even match His generosity in giving His life for us? And a community that gives and reciprocates well. We can talk about reciprocating. How are, can we even begin to think about reciprocating the love of God and the kindness of God and the generosity of God? And so we try our best to serve one another well. And so everything goes back to uh, Jesus and what He has done on the cross which is what we are remembering uh, today as we take communion. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Uh, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself and in so doing, he is eat the, of the bread and drink the cup. So Paul instructs us. He's saying, as we do this, we're remembering Christ, remembering the death of Jesus Christ and thanking him for his sacrifice on the cross. And he tells the church to examine ourselves before we take part in communion. So would you take a moment right now just to examine your heart. Uh, let's come before God with a, a reverent heart, a repentant heart. If there's anything we need to lay down and repent of, if we have been offering, fragrant offering to a different spirit, to, to the devil, you know, let's repent of that or to ourselves. You know, let's repent of that and say, God, I want to come back to you. Yeah, just take a moment to repent and um, just reflect on the cross and then we'll take this together.
Let's pray. Thank you, God, so much for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for, yeah, uh, your mercy, your grace, your generosity in giving yourself, giving your life on the cross for us. Uh, yeah, we repent of um, uh, giving in to the spirit of mammon so often. We repent of maybe not loving our community as well. Yeah, repent of um, having the wrong mindset, God, and not trusting. Your faithfulness and your promises, and uh, just want to come humbly before you, and bring all of our um, shortcomings and weaknesses to you, God. I thank you so much for your mercy uh, that covers us, your kindness. Uh, you know, you receive us in your kindness and mercy. So we thank you for that, God. So we give you our hearts, um, and we give this time to you, Lord. As we take communion, I pray that you would. Yeah, meet with us, God, and touch our hearts, God, and renew uh, our love for you and our sense of gratitude for you and what you have done on the cross. Let's take this together. You can open the plastic cover at the top and then the main cover. Okay, this is Christ's body broken for you, and this is the blood of the new covenant. Let's rise to our feet and let's sing this song together.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Help us, uh, like Paul, to be able to say, I've received everything in full. I have an abundance. I am amply supplied, God. Lord, I pray whatever we are facing, Lord, that we would be able to say this in you, God. I am amply supplied. Thank you for the songs we sang today. The God of promises. God, you are faithful and we have everything we need in you. And out of that mentality of being amply supplied, that we would be able to just be generous with others and give to others. That we would be a community that gives, receives, and reciprocates well. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and shalom from this day forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. And God bless you. If you want to receive prayer for anything, please come to the front. If you